The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Tired of diesel buses? Want more cycle lanes or bus lanes? Which projects do you want Auckland Transport to work on first? They need your opinion. So head to haveyoursay.at.govt.nz forward slash RLTP to do just that. Consultation closes on 17 June. Get in quick. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. Sarah Gandhi and welcome to episode three of Breast Assured, brought to you by the Spin Off Podcast Network, together with Breast Cancer Foundation NZ. Turn the lights down low and slip into something comfortable because we're getting intimate on today's show. No, really, we are getting intimate. You might remember specialist breast cancer nurse Judith Beatty from the last episode. Well, she'll be joining us again, but this time we're getting handsy as she takes us through the steps of an effective self-check. And later, I'll be joined by mums Georgina Robb and Jane Yee to talk about breastfeeding, because outside of self-checks and breast cancer treatment, there is never a time you'll get more intimate with your boobs than when you're whipping them out every few hours to nourish a peppy. It's going to be a great show. Thanks so much for joining us. When we think of getting intimate with our boobs, there's usually someone else involved. But how often do you just get nude and stand in front of the mirror all by yourself? If you said all the time, then I salute you. That is outstanding. If, however, you kind of grimaced or screwed your nose up or just kind of generally felt uncomfortable, fair enough. You're not alone. There's heaps of reasons why taking a good, long, hard look at your body might not be on the agenda. Time is a definite factor. Who has the time to just ogle themselves in the mirror all day? And of course, life happens. People have babies, surgeries, all sorts of changes and circumstances that see our bodies shift and morph into something we don't recognise anymore. Sometimes it's just easier to not look than have to face what's staring back at you. So with that long list of excuses, it's no wonder we could do a better job when it comes to checking our boobs. And it's not just looking that's important. It's having a good old feel around as well. In a survey carried out by Breast Cancer Foundation NZ in 2020, one in six Kiwi women under 45 never check their breasts for changes. Not knowing how is the number one reason why women under 45 don't self-check. No judgment here. I was never taught how to do it growing up, and it really wasn't something that I thought I needed to worry about. Clearly, I have changed my tune on that front. Self-checking for signs and symptoms of breast cancer is something all breast owners should know how to do. And it's easier than you might think. So warm up your hands because we're about to get abreast of exactly how we should be checking our boobs so we can be breast assured. 
Specialist breast care nurse Judith Beatty was with us last week to talk about changes in our boobs. And she's back to take us through the steps of a self-check so we can make sure we're armed and ready to spot any signs and symptoms of breast cancer that might pop up. We love a chat with an expert, so welcome back. Judith Beatty, hello. Oh, kia ora, Sarah. Kia ora, thank you for joining me. I thought we could do a little bit of a, um, a, a sort of breast self-exam because mm. not everybody knows. In fact, to be honest, I didn't properly know until after I got breast cancer how to check my own breasts. Yeah. So sure thing. That be just, okay? You just whip your top off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the most I uh, producer's like, uh, well, uh, uh, what's going on? Okay. All right. So uh, hands on. I okay. guess, I'm assuming. So the most important thing is that it's got to be systematic, which means, first of all, we're going to choose the best time in the month. Okay. So knowing that the week before and the week of our period, we've got hormonal changes going on, which means our breasts are likely to be more lumpy and more tender. So we don't want to do our checks then. So, so the feeler on the first, you often see this feeler on the first sort of stuff in, in social media campaigns. Yeah. Great, because it tells people to do something, but it's not always... The best day of the month. That's right. For all people. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. great. We have got an app called PreCheck, and that can set you a reminder. Great. So if your periods are regular and you set your reminder in that two-week time frame when your breasts are uh, most um, comfortable, then that's a really good place to start. Brilliant. So you want to be comfortable. And a lot of people um, hear about doing it in the shower, but in actual fact, if you're lying down, then because your breast tissue flattens out when you're lying down, you can get a much deeper feel. Oh, that's a really good, like, extra tip. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we're lying down, we're comfortable. Yeah, so what, what you want to do is put your hand above your head. And so Wait, sorry. <laughs> so your arm's going up yep. and, say, and you're bending at the elbow. It's going above your head. And okay. that, then that's flattening things out as well. And it's allowing to get you to get into your underarm Which area. is really important because that was actually a, a place that I didn't realise you needed to check yeah. along with the rest of your – and it's not just your boob. It's a bit of chest area too, Exactly. Isn't it? And so that's the systematic thing. We can get lumps anywhere from like our collarbone region to underneath the breast all the way through to the underarm. Mm, okay. So when you're being systematic about checking that whole area, you've got a few different techniques to check um, to choose. So one is called um, the kuru. So you start at the nipple and you move around in a spiral like a kuru, and and that's that's, that's actually my uh, that's actually my. Um, Way of choice yep. is my – can't think of what, how, to, how to say it. Yeah, yeah, that is my choice. Yeah, I, I love yeah. a bit of a kuru. I think it's it's kind of nice. Yep. The next option mm. is the lawnmower method. So you're going up and down in strips like you're mowing the lawn. That's great. <laughs> just get on the right on mower and I'm going to start at the collarbone and go down. Yeah, great. This is my favourite method, the clock. So the top of the breast – it's 12 o'clock, mm. and as you move around the breast, you know, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock at the side, 6 o'clock at the bottom. Now, the reason I like the clock is because if you find something, you've got to remember where to go back to to find it again. Oh, that's so true. And and I do hear stories of people saying, well, I found this lump, and so I went to, or normally you go to your partner. The, the person that's next most familiar with your breasts and say, my God, I think I found something. Was I imagining it? And you've got to find that place again. So if you've used the clock 
and you can remember, I found it at 6.30. That's brilliant. It's going to really help you. That's a really good. Maybe I'm going to change from the kudu to the clock. <laughs> the lawnmower just sounds like, I don't know, that's like chores. That sounds not chores. I'm like, oh, no. Although I think there's something great about being like, I'm just off to mow the lawns, and then you head into the bedroom. Exactly. I'm just going to lie down. <laughs> yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, so we've uh, we've mowed the lawns or yep. we've checked the clock or we've done So that's your systematic way of Great. making sure you've covered the whole area. You're going to use three fingers and they're going to be flat and you're just using the tips of the fingers to rub in a circular motion. So you start at the top, obviously the skin, and you do top, middle, deep. So you're actually going all the way down to your chest wall because sometimes the lumps don't sit at the surface. They might be further down. So you're actually going in a circular motion. So <laughs> it's a bit of multitasking and thankfully women are really good at that. <laughs> so you're mowing the lawn but you're also doing top, middle, deep, yep. top, middle, okay. deep. Okay, okay. There's, there's a lot going on. Top, middle, deep, yeah. So, so And obviously we're doing both sides. Yep. So realistically this should take two, three minutes not even, no, two minutes? Uh, maybe three. Um, per breast or all no, together? No, all, all together. Yeah. Like that's in terms of not wanting to rush it, but also we don't yeah. want to make this so long yeah. that no one's going to do it. Yeah, exactly. It's not onerous. Yeah, three minutes. If we're looking in the mirror, because obviously it's, you know, touch, look, check. So if we're looking in the mirror, what are we looking for? Okay. So we're, we're looking for symmetry. And, and I love the phrase that breasts are not twins, but they should be sisters. So they're not going to look exactly the same. It's normal for women to have maybe half a difference in cup size between breasts. So we're looking at rough symmetry. Do they look the same? But we also want to check, do they move the same? So it's not just looking in front of the mirror. You also have to move your body. So you want to move your hands above your head when you're looking, and you want to see, do they both lift up? And if you think about way the way a cancer would grow and it's it's sitting there and as it's growing it's actually attaching to parts of the breast that would normally move freely and so when you lift up you might find that if there's a cancer in one breast that that breast doesn't move as freely as the other side or it actually starts to pucker or dent as we move. Got it. Okay. Okay. So we've mowed the lawns, we've checked the clock, we've done whatever it is that we've chosen, and we've done the underarm, the chest, the whole area. We've done some jumping jacks, but without jumping in front of the mirror. (laughs) Uh, And at that point, once we've done that, have we officially checked ourselves? Yes. Judith, thank you so much uh, for so much wisdom, and I think we all feel very prepared to mow the lawns ourselves. So Thanks for having me back. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then Mamas Georgina Robb and Jane Yee will be joining us to talk breastfeeding. But right now, here's another memorable moment for you. One of my first jobs ever was working in laundry at a department store. I was a teenager and I didn't know anything about laundry whatsoever except like your bra covers your boobs and your knickers off your crotch. Um, It felt like a rite of passage because I found out that I was actually wearing a bra two sizes too small. And that was one of the reasons why my back was always aching as a teenager and just bras just felt so uncomfortable because they don't really teach you that stuff growing up. They don't teach you how it's meant to actually feel. Um, So after my training, it was great to then be helping teens find their first bra and teaching them how to know it's right fit so they could figure out for themselves later on and then helping pregnant women um, 
with the different changes in their pregnancy and then also finding like the right process of breastfeeding um it really made me realize that my job actually meant a lot and that lingerie are essentials and basics in this society at least and they shouldn't be treated as a luxury Breast cancer is the number one cause of death for New Zealand women under 65. More than 3,300 women are diagnosed each year. That's nine a day. And one of these nine is under 45. Early detection is your best protection. Breast cancer is most treatable when it's caught early. That's why you need to get to know your boobs, know your normal and get any changes checked out straight away. Checking your breasts is as easy as TLC. Touch, look, check. Breast Cancer Foundation NZ's pre-check app gives you an easy way to take control of your breast health. And they're here for anyone who has any questions or concerns about breast cancer. You can call the specialist breast nurses anytime on 0800 BC Nurse. That's 0800 226 8773. Breast Cancer Foundation NZ relies entirely on donations to keep its vital work going. Please support them to help make zero deaths from breast cancer a reality. Welcome back to Breast Assured. It's pretty clear now that, generally speaking, we don't pay enough attention to our breasts. In fact, I think it's fair to say a lot of women don't give their boobs much thought at all until they have a baby, and suddenly their boobs are like, hello, time for us to get to know each other really well. To talk about boobs during pregnancy and breastfeeding, joining me now are two wahine who have had very different experiences when it comes to their babies and their boobies. Jane Yee breastfed her three children, which included a set of twins, meaning she spent a lot of time with her boobs out. And Georgina Robb was breastfeeding her baby daughter earlier this year when she discovered a lump that signalled the beginning of her experience with a breast cancer diagnosis. Kia ora korua, thank you so much for joining me today. Let's start with your relationship with your breasts. Maybe we'll start with you, Georgina. Before you were diagnosed with breast cancer, and, and you obviously had been breastfeeding, did you find that um, when you started breastfeeding, you're like, oh man, okay, let's just, you know, we're just going to put these guys into just breastfeeding for a while. That's their sole purpose. Yes. You know, you, you, everything you do is like, oh, am I wearing the right clothes for breastfeeding? Am I, um, you know, do, do they have enough milk for breastfeeding? All of that sort of thing. So you don't feel like they're actually, I never felt like they were mine while I was breastfeeding. Jane, I can see you nodding profusely. I think it's what Georgina was saying, just that feeling of them not being yours anymore and just having to switch gear in that sense completely. And I guess if you've got a partner as well, you know, there's that kind of, um, I think it can be quite a significant change for them when they see your boobs being used in that way and no longer for their pleasures, you know, as readily. Yeah. Are they just kind of off the table for a while or...? You know what? I think they were. Yeah. I think everything was off the table for a while. <laughs> yeah. I was not on the menu. Yeah. You're like, hi, I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> I am here in, in spiritual form only. But I am proud of them, I have to say. I'm really proud of my boobs. So I feel like there is that, um, you know, I did bond with them at yeah. the same time as bonding with my baby. So going back to that first question, because we actually never got your, your answer, Jane, what is your relationship like with your breasts? Um, well, I have to say, Sarah, working on this podcast series... Not as good as it should be in terms of attention. I have learned so much already. Still another episode to go and still more to learn. Mm. Um, But, you know, I used to think my boobs were too small and then they were like, fine, they were a good size and they sat well and then I breastfed and I was waiting for them to drop to the floor and actually 
They're doing okay. Well done. They're doing okay. Not that it actually matters, but still, just good for you. Look, we take the little ones. I yeah. have to. I have to take these little things because. Breastfeeding twins ain't no joke. Oh man, the logistics. Because I've never breastfed. I don't have any kids, so I, you know, the, my mind boggles. But Georgina, for someone that has had two kids separately, does the idea of twins just freak you out? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know how you did it. It's amazing. One one was hard enough. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I think I was fortunate that I'd had. Uh, a child first already, a singleton. And so I was comfortable with feeding and he was a good feeder. But the twins, well, yeah, that was, they. The, both of them were very different in what they needed. One was a very hungry baby. The other was just a bit more chill. And I had to, because my partner went back to work, I had to learn how to kind of do both at once. Like I was like, I'm not doing one after the other. I'm going to be here all day, every day if I can't get them fed wow. both at the same time. Yeah. So I did end up feeding both of them at the same time. And it was a production line. You know, when, when you've got one little bubbins, and especially when it's your first and there's no other children running around, you just look down at them while they're feeding and you think, oh, look at this miracle. <laughs> when you've got two at once, you have to kind of like line them up next to you to start. You scoot one up, you stick it on, then you scoot the other one up, stick it on, hoof one over your shoulder when it's done, burp it, put it back down oh next to you. And, it, it is, and then it's into nappy changes and all that. So there's no lovingly staring at them. It's all just business. Uh, before you guys had breastfed, so when you were pregnant, how did you feel about the idea of breastfeeding? Oh, I, I, I thought it was going to be this... Um, magical, wonderful, amazing, so easy thing to do. And it wasn't. It was like my son, my first child, he didn't latch well and I had so many problems with him and it, I found that really, really tough. Um, and I was like, you know, everyone told me it was going to be so easy and I would just naturally know what to do and it, it never felt like, felt like that for me. With my daughter, my second child, it was different maybe because I knew what to do. I think the idea when I was pregnant of breastfeeding was daunting. I think I was like very curious about what the sensation was going to be like. I was like, is it going to feel nice? Like, is that a weird thing to to think? Like, I don't know. (laughs) But you know, there's so many things about breastfeeding that really surprised me when it came along because I don't know, I hadn't given it a ton of thought apart from its milk coming out and feeding my child. Mm. But there's all those weird sensations you get like let down is such a specific yeah. feeling and it's really hard to describe until you experience it and then you're like, oh, that's what that, that's what people talk about when they talk about let down. I can feel that, you know. Um, and nipples, suddenly your nipples are, a, a, mine went humongous and I thought, I don't know if this really? is the same for you, Georgina, but mine never kind of went back to normal after that and I thought that was the same for everyone and I was having a chat with some girlfriends and we were talking about our nipples and and they were like, give us a look and I, I showed them and we all kind of had a quick peek at each other's and they'd had children and they'd breastfed and their nipples were nice and little again. I'm going to ask you specifics and just because I love to paint a picture, when you say they went ginormous, do you mean like the ring around your nipple was just went and we've got huge, or do you mean the sticky outy bit? Um, both, <laughs> both. Really? The, 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 the nipple itself didn't stay like sticky outy. That, yeah. I mean, you, it's crazy how much it sticks out when a child's actually feeding from it. And if you've ever expressed, <laughs> used you know like a either a manual pump or a, um, a machine pump, mm. you actually see it like go out and in and out and in, and it's like that is a lot longer than I thought it was. Um, but no, my areola, just huge public announcement. <laughs> I think they've come down a bit compared to what they were, but they're never, never back to the original form. Oh, you free the nip. Don't, don't you feel weird about that. Uh, did you have the same thing, Georgina? Not necessarily massive nips, but, you know, 
did you have the same surprise at the changes that happened? Oh, absolutely. I didn't have any changes with nipples, actually, to be really? honest. Really? Oh, my God. Um, this is just amazing. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, yeah, there were there were so many changes. And, um, like, when your milk comes in, I remember distinctly the day my milk came in after I'd given birth and – I remember standing there feeling like Pamela Anderson with these huge boobs, like, what do I do? You know, it was um, really surprising. And you said, like, put the baby on and try and get rid of some milk so I wasn't so uncomfortable. It's literally like the next day, right? Like I gave birth yeah. and then I was like, oh, boobs still kind of big from pregnancy. That's fine. And then I, I remember getting up and going to the bathroom at the hospital and they were just humongous and like rock hard as well. Mm. Yeah, it's a very strange sensation. Um, let's talk about the health of your boobs whilst you're breastfeeding because there's a lot that can happen. You know, mastitis is really common, right? Mm. So what are some things that you came across or that you knew could happen during breastfeeding? Just mastitis, really. Mm. And actually, for people that don't know what that is, can you describe mm. that? So you your boobs will get warm and can be red and it can be extremely painful from what I understand. Bearing in mind, I am no doctor, but I I felt like there was a lot of chat about avoiding it, so I was constantly kind of like trying to beat it, so constantly making sure my boobs weren't too full and then I was kind of right. getting rid of any extra... Mi- like, you do weird stuff. You're in the shower and you're squeezing your boobs and it shoots much further than you would imagine. Really? Yeah. And and sometimes it just does it on its own as well. Like, you get in the shower and you'll let down and it will just start, start spraying out. That's amazing. It's honestly wild. The human body is incredible. <laughs> but, you know, midwives are amazing. Your post-care... Um, help and support is just reach out. You know, if you've got any concerns, the first sign of anything, just reach out because, you know, they're there to help. We're talking a lot about what happens with our boobs after a baby is born, but I just want to add that keeping breast aware is super important during pregnancy as well because 3% of breast cancers are diagnosed in pregnant women. That's like around one to two per thousand pregnancies. So not super common, but certainly not insignificant either. For you, though, Georgina, it was during breastfeeding that you actually found a lump. With all the changes that are happening in your boobs during pregnancy and breastfeeding, was cancer even on your radar when you discovered that lump? No, I actually, I I was convinced it was just a blocked duct and I spent days every time I'd have a shower just massaging it, massaging it, just thinking, oh, it will just unblock and... I'll just make sure I'll put her on that side first and and do all the tricks to try and unblock it. And I was like, oh, that's weird because I'm not getting all the symptoms. It was just a lump. I'm not getting all the, the hot and the fever and the pain and all that sort of thing with it. And that was when I started to go, hang on, this might not be just a blocked duct. This might be something else. Can I ask, did it affect uh, the flow of milk at all? Was there anything about the breastfeeding experience that was different? She hated that side and she hated that side from probably the day she was, well, not the day she was born, but probably two or three weeks into after she was born. She just never settled on that side. She's always really fussy. Um, So I, I wonder if it, it did affect that side in that she was probably letting me know that that wasn't, but it always put her at like start, you know, you're supposed to start on the other side and I'd start her on that side and she'd just fuss and fuss. Mm. And so I'd put her on the other side and she'd be fine. Once you had that diagnosis, obviously you were still breastfeeding whilst going through a cancer diagnosis and you had a mastectomy first, right? As part of your treatment. Yes. How yeah. soon after your diagnosis did you have your mastectomy? 
uh, a month, not not even a month. Uh, I think I was diagnosed on the twelfth, and I had uh, the surgery on the the next month on the seventh. Wow. And so, when, when yeah. you were thinking about your options, uh, did breastfeeding play a part in that? Uh, it wasn't even really a, a, an option at all. It was like you have to get this done. And um, my my surgeon said to me he'd give me six weeks longer if I wanted it, but definitely not six months. Yeah. He was like, it's it's just, and I was like, well, I've, you know, she was five months old. I've come this far. I managed to feed her for five months. So, yeah. um, and, and, you know, as much as I would have liked to keep breastfeeding her formula, she's done really well on formula. So it, it's, it's had to be like well that. So. That's tough though. It is tough, especially there's a lot of decision-making that happens at the start of a diagnosis. So, yeah, yeah, and that's even when you're just a person, let alone mm. having, you know, a baby that's like relying on you as well. So I can imagine that would have been really a lot. It was, yeah, yeah. it was tough. And actually, Georgina, whilst we've got you, I really want to know, how are you doing? Because you had quite a similar treatment plan to me so far. How are you feeling? You've made it through sort of a good chunk, some chemo, some radiation and surgery. You're still having chemo. How are you doing? Yeah, good now. Um, just feeling, starting to get a bit of energy back, starting to be able to do some more of my um, usual things. I'm not a very good active, I'm, I'm more of an active relaxer yep. rather than just to sit and do nothing. So um, I really struggled with actually having to do nothing. Um, but yeah, it's so much better now and um glad all the treatment's done. Well, most of the treatment's done and looking forward to reconstruction eventually. Yeah. So treat yourself. Yeah. Have you figured out yeah. what you're gonna have? Because we're talking about boobs, I might as well ask. I'm going to get so I'll have um the tummy tuck kind of one, you take the fat from your tummy and put it in. And then um, I'll get um, a lift and a reduction on the other side to match. Great. So I figure, why not? You deserve it. You deserve it, girl. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what? That's what I heard. It's great. Yeah. 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 And it was my um, surgeon was like, if you could just eat some more snacks, we just need to grow more of a boob there. That'd be great. I was like, oh, music (laughs) to my ears. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I was like, then, yeah, it's good. So, yeah, well, good luck. Um, Thank you. But you're doing great and well done for making it through treatment thus thus far because it's hefty. It is. It really is. Can I just say, Mm. both of you, I am in awe of both of you. Honestly, you are just such amazing, strong wahine. For someone who hasn't um, experienced what you guys have been through and simply can't imagine it, but Mm. it could, you know, it could happen to me. My grandmother passed away from breast cancer, you know, so, the, you know, just being coming and doing this podcast, I think is such an amazing service for people like me. You know, you do, you, you're putting yourself out there, you're making yourself vulnerable and you're sharing your story, which is like, it's a trauma. And for people like me who have been just probably a bit apathetic when it comes to looking after my breasts and thinking about them, it's really made a significant difference. Mm. So no, thank you so much. Oh, of course. Mm. But I'm saying that when you say that, it's like when you start talking about boobs, there's things to say, right? So honestly, get your girlfriends together and have yes. a chat. Yes, do it. And like you did, Jane, have a peek. Have a peek. Yeah. <laughs> you learn something new every day. So my last question actually for both of you is, is there anything you would like people to know who are maybe about to embark on breastfeeding themselves for the first time and are like, what is going to happen? Are my nipples really going to be ginormous? What would you have wanted to hear? 
Well, I think we've established that your nipples might just be fine and it might just <laughs> yeah. be a Jane problem. Um, I think, you know, I'm a really big um, advocate of no guilt mumming. I mean, I'm past breastfeeding now. It was an amazing thing I was able to do for my children. I feel very fortunate that I was able to do that because, you know, some people do struggle. They desperately want to and they can't. You know, I just want to acknowledge those people as well. But if you can't breastfeed, that is okay. Your boobs haven't let you down. This is just something a lot of people experience. So while we're here talking about being able to to breastfeed our babies and that it's a, a wonderful thing to be able to do, I don't want anyone listening to be thinking, I can't do that and yeah. and feeling any shame or guilt around that Absolutely. at all. Absolutely, yeah. Boobs aren't just for breastfeeding. It's great if they can, but, you know, they're also there for other reasons. They look nice. They feel nice, you know. Yeah. We called them inbuilt stress balls earlier in the exactly. podcast. So, you know, I think that's great. They actually do work quite well that way. Georgina, what would you say to someone who is maybe about to embark on breastfeeding? Yeah. If it works out for you, then that's amazing. If it doesn't, then it just doesn't. And don't beat yourself up about it. You're still a good mum. Georgina, Jane, thank you so much. I was oblivious to breastfeeding now, and now I feel like I probably know more than I should. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Right, that's us for today. But before I go, I have some homework for you. Maybe the most important homework you will ever do. Take everything you learned from Judith today and get busy with your boobs. Touch, look and check your way around so you can get to know your normal, which is crucial in being able to identify any changes. We have just one more episode left in the series, so make sure you join me for that because it is going to be a special one. I will see you then. Breast Assured is brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network in partnership with Breast Cancer Foundation NZ. It was produced by Te Aihe Butler with senior production by Natalie Wilson and Jane Yee. Visit breastcancerfoundation.org.nz for breast health awareness information. Follow them on at PinkRibbonNZ and download the PreCheck app now. All the links are in the podcast episode description. Kia ora e te iwi, Te Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.